Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, uh, it is Tuesday night and we have got some questions right here to be going through, to be answering and um, got some good ones this week. Uh, hope they will be um, useful. Um, uh, so uh, as ever, please feel free to comment or ask questions as we go and I would endeavour to answer them live if I can see them. Um, so... We've got a question here from a patient who's got a sebaceous cyst on her scalp. I, I think it's a her. Um, on the frontal hairline, will the hair be shaved? She's worried it won't grow back uh, because of the scarring. So um, we try not to shave too much of the hair when we're taking away uh, cysts or lesions on the scalp. But it can be difficult, uh, particularly if you've got very long hair, gets in the way and things. So it might trim a bit of the hair. You certainly won't have a big bald patch shaved. Um, not there's anything wrong with ball patches, of course, but no, you won't have a big ball patch shave, but we might have to trim a little bit of the hair away uh, in order to remove your cyst, but we try not to, to you know, to try, try not to shave too much of it away, or at least we don't really shave it, just cut it. Uh, the main thing is that when you remove a cyst uh, on the scalp, the cyst, uh, the, sorry, it will leave a scar and the scar won't have any hair on it. So we, we aim to, <clears throat> one of the things we do is we try and, uh, 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 create the scars to the minimum minimum uh, amount of uh, trauma to the hair follicles but still some hair follicles will be damaged so the scar itself will not have hair on it something called scar alopecia <clears throat> but there will be hair on either side of it so if you've got long hair if you're a lady with long hair it, to be honest with you it doesn't matter because there's hair on either side of it as i say we might have to trim a bit back but the stuff we trim back will grow back but it's just that actually on the scar itself it won't have hair so if you've got long hair it won't matter you won't be able to see it. it'll it be absolutely fine the problem comes more in men particularly men who are shaving their heads uh, uh sort of down to stubble if you shave it all the way down to skin it doesn't so much matter so much same with the sh sh beard area if there's a cyst on the beard area and you have a bit of designer stubble it's more obvious because if the stubble is very short then the scar without any hair on it is a bit is is more obvious similarly with the hair if it's very short and you've got a scar without any hair on it it's more obvious but on a female with longer hair it's less obvious so it's less of a problem so um you know it's again it's something to be aware of you have to make a decision whether it's right for you or not but it's not normally a big deal i mean we haven't seen you in the clinic so we could have a see you uh, we do free consultations for cysts, so you can come have a chat and we can see whether you think it would be a worth it trade for the removal of the cyst. <clears throat> I've got a patient who is um, wants to go on holiday um, about three months after having a breast lift. Will this be okay? Um, Good question, Shona. I will ask. Shona's asking how long after a best reduction you can have a bath. <clears throat> so um, I'll do that after the lift one. So um, the lift and the holiday. Yeah, three months is fine. Um, the I think I normally say things start to settle around three months, so they just be starting to settle there. The scars will still be a bit red, which means you can't get the sun on them. 
but that just means you have to wear a bikini top. You can get the sun on the rest of your body. But um, you don't want to get a tan on the scars while they're red and obvious, which is the first three to six months. But certainly the healing should have all been done by then. Uh, and most of the, you know, the shape and things will be starting to settle and things like that. Um, and t- heavy lifting. I normally say you can start heavy lifting at six weeks. So I think three months is reasonable. I normally say two months, to be honest. But uh, three months is, you know, the longer the better. That should be absolutely fine. Um, for going on the holiday, but you might still feel a bit tender. There might still be a bit of swelling, and the, you know the shape might not be quite right yet. But it's a good; it, it should be fine. Three months should be absolutely fine. So, how long after a breast reduction can you have a bath? Good question. So, uh, when I do a breast reduction personally, and really, uh, um, it's I think we all we're all different as to how we do things. I put all these tapes on the breast, like these paper tapes on the breast, and what they do is they act like a bra and they support the breast. And you can't really get them wet. You can get them splash wet, but you can't get them soaked. So, you can have a shallow bath straight away. So uh, maybe sort of day, you know, day after and things like that, but not getting your, your top half wet. So if you want to get it, have a shallow bath, um, then you can straight away. After the first week, then we'll see you back and we'll take all those tapes off. And then you don't need any dressing after that. We normally just give you a bit of gauze to wear in your bra and that gauze just falls off. So um, that uh, that means that you can shower and bath after the first week normally. But you can, uh, as I say, sit in a shallow bath for the, fir- for the first week. But it's not a really proper bath. So, yeah, after the first week, you should be able to have a bath. Um, we've got another question here. Can you remove polyurethane implants 6 to 12 months down the line and replace with silicone? Yes, you can. Um, yes, you can. You've probably read that polyurethane implants are difficult to remove, which is true. And certainly 6 to 12 months down the line is uh, a sort of difficult time to remove them. But it's not impossible. And I think the main, uh, and I think a lot of people come to me and say, you know, if they're thinking of having polyurethane implants, always they're really hard to remove. Um, they're not that hard to remove, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just that silicone implants are really easy to remove. So they are more difficult to remove than silicone implants, no question about it. The main thing is, why do you want to have them removed to 6 to 12 months down the line? That's unusual. Um, but the question is yet the answer to the question is yes you can um no problemo at all well i say no problem at all it's a bit of a um bit bit more difficult because you have to sort of um dissect them out rather than the silicone implants you just you know sweep your finger around they come out quite easily like a sort of velcro effect polyurethane implants you have to sort of dissect them out but uh yeah it is possible and i'm sorry to hear that you're having to have them removed um or you want to have them removed but uh hey ho um hope uh that's but yeah certainly certainly definitely it can be done um and don't be put off by people who say normally people who say it's difficult to move haven't really used them much i think people who use them a lot don't really make a big deal of that um and i don't make a big deal of it i must say the, the removing thing um so uh two live questions look at that uh now we're cooking so dimensions right we've got a patient who i've seen in the clinic and she's undecided between polyurethane and silicone implants. So I said, look, you know, you can have a, a high-profile implant, 315 if it's um, silicone, 330 if it's polyurethane, um, or the next one up is a 360 for both of them. So she said, well, why is the big difference? Why does it go down to 360 all the way down to 315 for the polyurethane, but it goes 360 to 330 in the silicone? The problem with all this stuff and the problem with implants is people get really um, attached to the, to the size, the 315 sort of bit. 
but the size isn't actually that important. It's the dimensions. So actually, when you look at the dimensions of the implants, when you look at the dimensions of the 315 and the 330, they're pretty similar. There's about a millimeter in it. Um, you know, the, the actual dimensions, by, by the dimensions, the main things are the width and the projection, how much it sticks out and how wide it is. The dimensions are similar. Same with the 360s, the dimensions are similar. And actually, if you look at it, the dimensions are not way off between the 315s and the 360. Because you're staying within the same profile, they're bigger in every way. So the 360 is just a little bit wider, um, but well, it, it's more what it's the 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 uh, difference is more in the width than in the projection. People get very worried. You have a 315 high profile or a 360 high profile, so they think that's a big difference. But it's just one size up in the high profile, and because it's different in every way, it's not actually as big a difference as you might think. As opposed to if you're going for a 315 moderate profile and a 360 high profile, that is a big difference because the high-profile one's going to be narrower and stick out more. But if that, I don't know how that comes across. Maybe that might, that's better in a consultation, trying to talk about these things. But, it, but the bottom line is don't worry so much about the actual number of the implant. And you might think that a 315 implant is smaller than a 330 implant, but actually when you look at the dimensions, they're about the same. Um, but, you know, of course I understand why you might think a 330 was bigger, because... It's a bigger number, <laughs> not a bigger number. Um, but yeah, don't get hung up on the size if you can try and avoid it. I know it's difficult when you get out there online. It is um, <laughs> three weeks today. I thought we went three weeks, but three weeks until, yeah. Um, so yeah, don't don't worry so much about the sizes, but it's easier said than done because everybody talks about uh, sizes. And oh, oh God, sorry, I was, was going to try and like some comments there, but. Can I? Uh, oh, wow. Look at that. I've got an option here to bring Caroline on camera. Oh, where's it gone? So when you make a comment, I can bring you on camera. How cool is that? Who wants to be on camera? Huh? I can't find it now. Oh, there it is. Be, oh, bring Caroline on camera. I'm not going to do that to you, Caroline. I am not going to do that to you. But that is a that's a pretty good option there isn't it um so yeah try not to get hung up on the size it's more about the dimensions it's more about the pocket it's more about how you um how you position the implant um sorry my... <laughs> don't panic i am just going to do some backstage work here there's nothing to see here carry on okay so i've got a low battery so what it's okay we have got a contingency to Right, okay, the wire, quite, right, there you go, let's see, see, um, so, uh, yeah, don't worry so much about the size, please, try not to anyway, uh, it's the shape, profile, pocket, all these things are important, not the size isn't actually as important as you think, but you've got control of the size, so you worry about it, I understand, um, so that's that one, right, we've got a patient here who has seen another surgeon, which is good, you know, I think people often get a bit, ooh, you know, the surgeon. Um, but they, they, there's quite different uh, advice has been given. I recommended they go on top of the muscle. The other surgeon recommended underneath. Sorry, I recommended underneath the muscle. The other surgeon said on top. Um, <clears throat> and the volumes were, were, were quite different. I recommended about 260 cc's. The other surgeon said 250, 285, 315 or 360. So this patient is clearly a bit confused and i think it is good to see other surgeons definitely but the problem with plastic surgery is it is not a precise science it is very much based on opinion and you will find that 
you know, when you go to the doctor and if you have a problem with your blood pressure, when if your blood pressure is a certain number, there's a sort of algorithm of what they should do, how they watch it, they should do to treat it. And if it doesn't, you know, drop by this amount and this time, then you treat it with another thing. You know, there's a pathway of how to treat things with some things in medicine. And there's some standard, you know, guidelines, nice guidelines and things like that, how people should be treated with diabetes and all these things. So there are there are there are some guidelines on how to treat stuff in medicine. Plastic surgery, not so much. Plastic surgery is not one of those ones where it says, oh, this type of breast, they want a D cup. This is the implant for you. There you go. That's the one you should have. And you should have it on top of the muscle or under the muscle. You will see five or ten surgeons and you'll get. Some will say under muscle, some will say over, some will say teardrop, some will say round, some will say moderate, 360, some will say, you know, high 400. I don't know. You know, there'll, there'll be all sorts of different things. Um, and I think it is good to get some get, get different opinions and try and look for the common themes. None of us are lying to you. None of us are trying to give you a bad result. None of us are trying to give you, you know, wrong information. We're all just trying to give you our opinion of what we think is right. And certainly when it comes to under or over the muscle, it's tricky because when people come to the clinic and say, oh, I've heard that under the muscle is better, isn't it? It's more natural. Or over the muscle is better, isn't it? Because under the muscle is ones. There's no one that's better because otherwise we just do that one. So the fact of the matter is there are pros and cons of absolutely everything, right? There's pros and cons of under or over the muscle. Good things about Buenos Aires. There's good things about um, uh, on, on top of the muscle um, because it doesn't hurt as much, recoveries quicker, and also... It's uh, the implant sits with the breast, so that's really good. But there's also good things about putting it under the muscle because the muscle gives an extra layer of cover to hide it. So if you're very slim, you worry you'd be able to see the muscle. So in this patient, I was worried that she'd be able to see, sorry, see the implant. I was worried she'd be able to see the implant. So I said, look, I think she should go under the muscle. Now, the other surgeon said, look, I shouldn't go on top of the muscle. Who's right? Who knows? You know, do one of each and see which one's best. We can't do that, can we? That would be unethical. But um who knows who's right now if she put if i put it underneath the muscle and she gets an animation deformity where a breast moves when she exercises or the implants sit high or they sit wide then she'll look back and say oh, i should have had it under on top of the muscle similarly if she has it on top of the muscle and she gets rippling and you can see the edges and it looks awful she'll like oh we should have it under the muscle what what can you say it's pros and cons and i think one of the problems maybe not a problem but one of the things about this day and age is people are really well informed patients are really well informed which is good but also we are encouraged to inform you so we say to you these are the good and the bad what do you think and all this sort of stuff we engage you in the con- in the in the in the uh, in the consultation i see so many people who've had implants put in 20 years ago and they've got no idea whether they're under or over the muscle they've got no idea whether they're round or teardrop they've got no idea what size they are they probably were never told it they may or may not have been told it but i wouldn't be surprised if they hadn't easily been told it because you know the doctor just took it onto his his health to put it in the right plane that he thought was the right you know place to put it but um these days under over polyurethane silicone textured smooth uh round teardrop high profile moderate profile flipping it it's just a nightmare for patients and i do accept that it is a nightmare similarly the that goes on to the sizes that i said to around 260 the other doctor said 250 285 315 360 goes back to the size thing um you've got to look at profile well the number one thing is width the width of these implants has to be right and it may well be that all those implants have got an appropriate width 250 it's not it wouldn't be unreasonable that any an implant from 250 up to 360 could have the appropriate width but there'll be different projections so the 360 cc implant will be a higher projection than the 250 cc implant 
right? So the width is the same, but it sticks out more. So it's all in the width. So they give a slightly different look. So the higher projection gives a slightly fuller look, which, you know, basically you have a look at the different looks and see if that's appealing to you. So um, that is, you know, it's not unreasonable what's happening to you. And I feel sorry for you because you've seen me and I've said one thing and you've seen them and said other things. Um, there's no right or wrong, you know. I think they, they'd all be good and under the, you know. I, I do worry a little bit. If I think someone should have implants under the muscle and they want them on top of the muscle, I worry a bit about that. I worry about putting them on top of the muscle because oh, if you get rippling and you can see the edges, you're not going to be happy with that. If I think implants need to go on top of the muscle and they want them under the muscle, that's less of a thing, um, particularly if they're, if they're quite slim, because, you know, that, that does give it extra cover and you think, oh, OK, fine, you know, you can have it under the muscle. Certainly in America, I think they do a lot more under the muscle than we do, and that's because they used to use a lot of saline implants, which pretty much always have to go under the muscle. Now, they do use silicone implants now, but I think they still use a lot more um, under the muscle than we do. Uh, we've got some other questions, same theme keeping with a the theme recovery anyway i can't remember writing something about the recovery of under or over the muscle basically what i look at it there's two like two bell bell shaped curves and they sort of overlap so it, when i say about recovery after breast augmentation i say first week you're not going to feel like doing much second week you'll be feeling better maybe doing stuff like the exercise bike maybe starting to drive and stick stuff after second week sometimes people are okay after the first week hard to guarantee that so second week you'd be able to driving and exercise bike and just gentle lower body stuff and then four to six weeks before anything too heavy with your upper body because you make it swell and i give those time scales the same whether it's under or over the muscle just broadly speaking under the muscle is a little bit more uncomfortable than over the muscle but as i say there's these two curves and they overlap some people have it under the muscle and they're fine they're like what's the problem you know it's all fine some people have it on top of the muscle and they're like oh my god it's the worst thing ever it's really painful so it's tricky to be too specific, but the recovery time I say is about the same, but generally speaking, a little bit worse um, when it's under the muscle. She's also worried about pole dancing. She's a pole dancing, a pole dancer, but worried about her ability to pole, as she puts it. All right, maybe that's me actually. <laughs> maybe I've used that term. Will my ability to pole be affected? Um, so uh, the ability to pole will certainly be affected in the short term, particularly if they're under the muscle. Obviously, it's going to be really uncomfortable. So definitely in the first uh, six weeks, I would say you're going to be pole, uh, polling, well, not polling, basically. No no pole. Be a no-pole zone for the first six weeks. Um, so the, after that, then you start to get back into it. Start, but I've seen what, well, I am aware what is done on the pole dancing. I haven't, you know... Of course, I haven't seen it, but you know, I'm I'm aware of on a purely professional basis. I've had you know, I'm aware of the, the things that go on in the exercise, obviously pole dancing. But anyway, um, but, but it looks I would imagine quite stressful to put, hold yourself up by your arms. Um, so anyway, that yeah, take it easy to start with is I think what I'm, where I'm going with that one. And there was another thing. Oh yeah, I think she's worried about very long term ability to pole. Um, the long term ability to pole is a uh, um, I'm not. I'm right. I just had a shower. I think that's why I'm red. Um, to do with the um, pole dancing. Um, Long-term ability to pole. The only problem will be the animation deformity when you get under the muscle, which is not a definite. It's a maybe. All these things are maybes. Ripplings are maybe if it's on top of the muscle. Animation deformities are maybe if it's underneath the muscle. 
but sometimes when the breast implants around the muscle, when you contract your muscle, which is your pec major muscle, when you contract your pec major, the breast moves. So that's called an animation deformity. So if you are polling long term and you get an animation deformity, you might find that your breast moves when you exercise your pec major. So that might be a, 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 a hindrance to that activity that uh, might 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 be an issue with the long term. That that would be the long term problem that I might I think might be. A, uh, a problem your muscles and your strength will be fine it's just the the, the actual look and the, and the movement <sighs> wow that was a, that was a got myself in hot water there didn't i right okay that's i'm done i'm i'm all in i'm all in um i have look at that we've got some nice bit of interaction there tonight bring rebecca on camera rebecca i could have brought you on camera then right anyone wants to be brought on camera let me know and i'll bring you on camera next time i have no idea what that means when you bring someone on camera how that works i've no idea i would love to find out so um hi natalie do you want to be on camera can i bring you on camera uh i hope you got it's yes <laughs> yes oh i'm not well that's yes uh, right um oh, rebecca doesn't want to be on camera right if anyone wants to be on camera let me know we'll do it um so i hope the poll has been um exhausted um, but obviously very happy to go over that in clinic uh, to talk about it properly in clinic because that's this is just a thing you know but um and i can understand how yeah, rambling on. <laughs> right i'm gonna sign out now thank you very much for all the um comments i'm gonna like them while i can am i liking them oh have i unliked it oh god sorry anyway i'm gonna stop with that and i'm gonna check out thank you very much see you next week it's not Easter yet, is it? No. Anyway, see you next week, half uh, seven o'clock Tuesday night. Be there. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.